Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm researcher and mystical holding cell, Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm story expert in toy poodle hell, Lonnie Diane Rich. And we're here today to talk about Angel, Season 5, Episodes 17 and 18, Underneath and Origin, both of which are watchers. You'll like Canada. Lots of deserters. So let's raise the stakes. Underneath, Angel and the team want to know what's going on with the senior partners, so they go to see Eve, who says she has no idea. The person who knows everything was taken by the senior partners. That's Lindsay. She's talking about Lindsay. Because of course she is. Because a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle who's been convinced by the bicycliarchy that she has to have a bicycle and is useless <laughs> without one. A scary man in a suit shows up and they run, taking her back to Wolferman Hart. Once there, Gunn says he knows how to get Lindsay back, and he goes with Spike and Angel to the magic Camaro that auto-drives them to a holding dimension where Lindsay is being kept. A suburban Groundhog Day idyll slash nightmare where he doesn't remember who he is and takes a short break from his perfect wife and kid and house to go into the basement and have his heart removed by a demon. Because, you know, the senior partners are nothing if not imaginative when it comes to torment. Angel, Spike, and Gunn come in and bring Lindsay's memory back by taking off his necklace. And then the perfect wife and kid come at them with machine guns because... Okay. They get into the basement and fight the heart-stealing demon, but he's a big guy and beats them up. Gunn puts the necklace on to take Lindsay's place and sends everyone away. This is his atonement for his part in Fred's death. They leave Gunn there and he forgets everything. Back at Wolferman Hart, the bad guy in a suit who's been chasing them turns out to be Marcus Hamilton, who wants Eve to sign over her position as liaison to the senior partners to him. But otherwise, he doesn't really care about hurting her or anything. So I guess it doesn't matter or whatever. Lindsay tells them that the apocalypse has already started and the senior partners are just keeping them distracted with this Wolferman Hart business. Oh, and in a completely unrelated and really good, if not narratively necessary, storyline, Wesley tries to talk Illyria into leaving. Underneath aired on April 14th, 2004. It was directed by Skip Skulnick and written by Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fain. All right, Dr. Jones, here we are with Underneath and on the perfect happiness scale with zero for Stake This and six for Lost Your Soul. Where are you? I gave this a five um, because Spike is an official part of the team with a briefcase, <laughs> with a briefcase, Lonnie. Yes. And the scenes with Wesley and Illyria, uh, I gave all that a six. Mm -hmm. um, and then leaving Gun behind for less than solid information and the Eve Lindsay nonsense plus machine guns got a four. Right. So overall, <laughs> I gave it a five. But I'm still like in serious research mode about the meaning of underneath and layers. And I can't decide if there's like something really worth digging into there mm -hmm. it's, it feels like a thought on the tip of my tongue or if yeah. it's just an overplayed theme running throughout so I don't know but I thought it was really good mostly I really liked it <laughs> I really liked it too I gave it a five I think it's a pretty good episode and I like most of it but Angel's paternalism with Fred and Eve's unfathomable weakness are so annoying so I had to dock a point from Gryffindor <laughs> 
All right. So I have to say for underneath, I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. Like the first time I watched all of this through. Um, And it really did surprise me. And especially like how much I love Spike. And I know, I know everybody out there is rolling their (laughs) eyes at me because they're like, Lonnie always loves Spike and blah, blah, blah. But Spike is lovable. I can't help it. He comes in with a briefcase and a beer and it's like my favorite thing ever. And he's the only one who shows up for Angel's little meeting. (laughs) I know. It's so great. What? I'm listening with beer. (laughs) And then he looks at the the agenda and he's like, bullet points, classy. (laughs) Just love Spike in this role so much. Oh, especially when he goes, you're fixing to do something stupid, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I love his whole thing when he's like, there's thousands of different kinds of hells. You got your fire hell, your ice hell, your upside down hell. We're looking for a hell dimension in a haystack. I hope it's toy poodle hell. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) the only thing is that we've been doing this thing for a while where we are showing how strong a particular, you know, bad person, bad guy is by having them beat the hell out of Spike because it makes them look stronger, but it also makes Spike look a little weak. And we do this a lot. Spike has gotten holy hell beaten out of him in like every episode. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it's Angel's show and that's something that he enjoys. So, you know, whatever. Um, But it did seem a little bit weird to me. Um, But aside from that, I mean, I love I love all of it. I think it's it's all so fun. Yeah. And they carry that over into origin, too, with Spike getting beat up. And I wondered almost like. Are they trying to move Spike into the strong guy role? Yeah. On the team? I don't know. But I don't know. Like, it was just, it's kind of confusing. But I love Spike and Angel working together. Yeah. So much. And Spike being all, you know, the guy in the suit said I was part of the team. And like, (laughs) he, he just, for Spike, he takes it really seriously. Yeah. You know, and like, he's like, I knew there was going to be fire. And then they have to go through that grate, you know, with all the right. fire to get out of the hell to uh, uh, When they're back in the parking lot, he's like, I'm on fire. Oh, never mind. Like, right. It's just, it's uh, just so damn cute. It's uh, so cute. Uh, 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 uh. No, it's really great. And I, I enjoy Spike. I mean, it's, it's always been a little bit weird, you know, him coming back after that wonderful ending at the end of Buffy season seven. Um, but I think that they earn it with him. They've worked with yeah. him a lot in this season and really kind of earned his space there. So I've been really enjoying that. Um, I also love this moment with Lorne. Um, We don't actually get a storyline for Lorne, but at least we get this one moment where they're giving him something interesting to play, something interesting to do, you know, when he's talking to the bartender Mm -hmm. and he's like, what do I think? I think I'm tired. I think I'm sick and tired of wearing bells on my toes and making like everything's going to be okay. I think it's pathetic that lately I'm too scared and sad to tell people the truth. So I just tell them what they want to hear instead. And then that guy's like, oh, I'm not getting married then. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, but but wait, all about me. And also like in that, So, you know, Lauren used to run the bar. Yeah. Now he's the one sitting at the counter where, like, traditionally or stereotypically, you know, you tell your problems to the bartender. Right. But even in that role, like, even Mm -hmm. as the patron or the guest, he's still the host. Yeah. Like, he just can't get away from it. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And oh, it just kills me when he says more sea, less breeze. Like, you know, because he's just, there's nothing happy about this hour or any other. Yeah. And there's just a part of Lauren that is broken. Yeah. And it just, it's so sad. I know. It's really terrible. And it makes me feel so sad. I mean, I love, you know, what they tell him. He's like, what I know is I started drinking the moment I found out a girl I loved was going to die. And every time I get to the bottom of the glass, I hope that last drop is going to take me the distance, you know? And then he's yeah. like, but that's not going to happen. It's a stupid idea. So I'm going to put my bells on. I'm going to go back, you know? Um, I really like it. And I think that Andy Hallett did such a wonderful job with that whole thing. And then his ending, he's like, that's what the green guy does you know i just i love all of that so much i think it's so fantastic me too he's he's just wonderful the other thing i really love too believe it or not is lauren and eve like eve Mm. there's a lot of things i'm gonna stake about eve in this um in this episode um but i really like her with Lauren. I like the way that Lauren deals with her. I like the way that Lauren talks to her. There's just something about the way that they interact that I I like them with her. I think part of it is because Lauren is so sweet to everyone, Mm -hmm. but he's really tough on Eve. Yeah. And there's something about that that I find really gratifying. (laughs) Like the guy who's nice to everybody also hates Eve. Makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that I really super hate Eve. Yeah, she's hateable, especially in this episode. Yeah, no, she definitely is. She definitely is. Uh, but Lauren's a lot of fun. Um, I also kind of liked Gunn's choice. I liked him taking an active role in kind of figuring this thing out um, with, uh, you know, with Lindsay. And first of all, where how to get to Lindsay, how to, you know, and he knows what's going to happen when they get there, mm-hmm. you know, and he knows the choice that he's going to have to make. And he's already made it before they even leave. Yeah. And I really, really like that. Yeah. And he knew, you know, how to protect Eve mm-hmm. and kind of how all of that works. And yeah, but like, and I put this in research mode, but I, and I put it in stake this. It went in all three sections, Lonnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Angel has that great talk with Gunn. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, yes, for the rest of your life, this should wake you up in the middle of the night. And it will because you're a good man. Right. He's right. a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Angel says you paid a high price for what's in that brain. So use it. Mm-hmm. So Gunn does. And he figures this out. And then he goes down there and takes Lindsay's place. What I want to stake about it is they, if the information they got from Lindsay was valuable mm-hmm. enough yeah. to justify leaving gun down there, I could see maybe them doing that. But nothing Lindsay says is going to bring Fred back. And, mm-hmm. you know, the other stuff that's going on, like Lindsay tells them, oh, yeah, the apocalypse is already happening. It already started. He doesn't tell right. them exactly what started it. He doesn't give them any solid information about the senior partners. And then what? He just toddles off for a vacation. I mean, can't you just take them back and swap them out? Right. I think. Right. Like he's he's served his purpose. Right. Send them back. I mean, whatever. Um, But the fact that, I mean, Angel respects Gunn's decision, but he doesn't Mm -hmm. seem particularly torn about it. And like my question for that was, well, if Gunn has to atone for his role in what happened to Fred. Why doesn't yeah. Angel, when mm-hmm. Angel's memory spell was like 
I mean, Angel basically sold them all out to Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. And so why is Gunn having to atone, like in a literal hell dimension, having his heart ripped out? And Angel's the one giving him that speech. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I, I, it feels like we're we're placing the burden really unevenly here. Yeah, definitely. So, and I, and I really respect what Gunn's doing and how brave mm-hmm. he is and how selfless he is. But yeah, I, I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, but Angel, like, Mm, you got some mm-hmm. you got some thinking to do man because yeah 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 well yeah and i mean the thing is like even before he did the memory spell they all chose wolfram at heart they all decided to get up and go to the limo in the morning they all decided that they wanted to check it out and find out what was going on you know that's true so i mean so they did all choose it but i think that there's something in um in the way that Gunn is held so responsible for this. And I mean, the thing is, on the one, like, you know, like he said, he didn't know it was going to be Fred, but right. he knew that it was going to be bad for somebody. Yeah. It was going to be somebody's Fred and, if it wasn't our Fred. Yeah. You know? And he literally got stabbed. Yeah. So, like, yeah. You know, Wesley did yeah. a big, terrible thing. He got his throat cut. Gunn did a terrible thing. He got stabbed. But mm-hmm. yet, Gunn still continues to have to atone. Right. Whereas Angel doesn't. So I don't, it just kind of bugs me. Yeah. I mean, Angel messing with their memories is more of a violation yeah. to everyone than it is specifically about Fred's death and atoning for that. Um, but Angel, it feels like Angel checked out, like something about all of that stuff that happened with Connor. He just kind of checked out. You know, he's he's just kind of done, I think, after that, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Angel's a little bit a little bit weird. Like his role in all of this has seemed something's off with him this season. Like I, there's a lot of really great stuff happening in this season, mm-hmm. but there's just something off with Angel. Yeah, there's something that's just not quite right about him and his character and what he's doing and the way that he's behaving like the, you know, the the way that he just so randomly kills like everybody. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff to talk about definitely with Angel. Uh, but back to the uh, the things that we love, the moments <laughs> of perfect happiness. Um, Wesley gets another one act play, yeah. completely separate from everything else that's going on. And the thing is, is that like, you know, I'm always going to complain that it's not narratively necessary. It's not tied to the, you know, main narrative. But it does have its own story going on. And I, I really, like, I loved the first time they did this. They did this when he was in the basement ready to decapitate Lila to make sure she doesn't come back as a vampire, you know? And um, that whole thing really read like a one-act play. Like, it was a narrative in and of itself, you know, independent of everything else that's going on. And we have this again with him and Illyria. Like, and I love this moment in the beginning when he's dreaming and Fred's there. Yeah. You know, and she says, tell me a joke. And he says, two men walk into a bar. The first man orders a scotch and soda the second man remembers something he'd forgotten and it doubles him over with pain he falls to the floor shaking and then through the floor and into the earth he looks back at the first man but he doesn't call out to him they're not that close (laughs) (laughs) it's so it's so freaking tragic and then there's just that turn on the end and it's so funny and it's so sad and then you know we get back to he wakes up and there's Illyria. 
And so this relationship between him and Illyria, and he's so kind of dead inside, you know, and he's trying to talk her into leaving, Um, you know, and she's, of course, going through all of the worlds and dimensions that she's visited, you know, through her extensive lifetime. And then she goes, and the one world with nothing but shrimp. I tired of that one quickly, which, of course, is a reference to Anya from Buffy, who kept talking about the world with only shrimp. And then there could be a world without any shrimp. (laughs) (laughs) They just never get tired of the Anya shrimp joke. Just never get tired of that. No, the the shrimp universe seems to be. A running joke in both. It of it, these it shows. is. It is. I know, and it's just it's so funny. And then I don't know if anybody out there watches The Good Place. Um, the character played by Kristen Bell, Eleanor, has an obsession with shrimp. In that. Oh, like, really? There's. I think there's some Buffy writers on huh. that show. I don't know. I gotta go find out. <laughs> But it's a great show. Watch The Good Place. It's really, really good. Um, so I really love this interaction with them. He's trying to talk her into go into going. And she's like, I can't move. I'm in this place. He takes her out to the roof. Yeah. And she says, I'm trapped on a roof. Just one roof in this time, in this place, with an unstable human who drinks too much whiskey and called me a smurf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that he took her outside. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. but... But he gives that little choked laugh when she says that he called her a smurf. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you don't worship me at all, do you? And it was just so, (laughs) it's so great. Like the two of them so lost, you know. It is really good. But the dream that he had, like when he was dreaming about Fred and she said, this is only the first layer. Don't you want to see how deep I go? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay. Like. They could have done something with that. So, like, erase yeah. the idea that Fred's soul was burned up. Right. And say, okay, well, the human, that human incarnation, incarnation of Fred was layer one. Yeah. And then maybe there's more Fred in Illyria. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be layers and to uncover. That. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's interacting with Fred's memories. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And then, and you know, but again, it feels like they're. They're laying down some deep ground here mm-hmm. with the idea of layers and yeah. things being underneath. Because in that dream, Fred says to Wesley, you always know where you are. And mm-hmm. Wesley says, it's my particular skill. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. Yeah. It feels like there's something there and I haven't mm-hmm. cracked it yet. Um, yeah, but then I just love he comes back to Illyria and he's like, I was dreaming, you twit. Like, he just <laughs> he goes from this super deep to just yes. insulting her. Yeah. And, and you know, and it, it kind of reminds me of his relationship with Lila. We're like, right. They both need each other. They, mm-hmm. on some level, are enjoying each other. Yeah. But they honestly do not give a damn. Like, just in terms of what they say, you know, to each other. And there is that real raw honesty in that relationship Mm -hmm. that I I just like. I know. I think it's really great. I love that whole, that whole thing with them was so great. And I really, really loved it. Those scenes are amazing. And Alexis Denisov as Wesley has just done such incredible work with all of this. It's so great. Um, So, yeah, I think that honestly... It's it's the Wesley character arc in Angel that makes me go back to and watch Angel yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Because I just love it. I think it's so good. Um, I actually kind of enjoyed 
uh, I, I, what do you, like hell light, you know, where <laughs> Lindsay was, right? You know, um, like, cause aside from getting his heart torn out every time he goes into the basement, like it ain't that bad. It's better than any life he's had up until now. He's got a beautiful wife and a great kid and they're hanging out and they're loving each other and it's awesome. And it's, you know, I mean, it's suburban, you know, I find it hard to believe that they don't have a Home Depot in hell that he has to get out of the basement <laughs> to find this stupid little light bulb. <laughs> so, <laughs> true story. And this is like, mm-hmm. I will own this. It is ridiculous, yes. but I will own it. I refuse to keep light bulbs in the basement of my house uh-huh. because yeah. of this episode. No like, way. No, really? I won't do it. Yes, I will not keep it. Uh, no, uh, I'm like, I am uh, not uh, going down uh, to that motherfucking basement to get a light bulb. Uh-uh. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. I don't I don't keep anything in the basement that I need with any regularity just because the basement's gross. Right? Yeah, I hate <laughs> I hate basements in general, but I'm like yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. uh-uh. no. Yeah. But the to me, like it was hell. Like that right there, that suburbia mm-hmm. thing. Uh, no, no thank you. Please yeah. God, yeah. I think I'll take the demon. But um right. like seriously. <laughs> But it reminded me so much of A Wrinkle in Time. Uh huh. So at the end of A Wrinkle in Time, when the kids have to go to the dark planet to save their dad, mm-hmm. and like the yeah. the monster that controls everybody, you know, every every child bounces a ball in rhythm. All the mothers mm-hmm. come out and call them in for dinner at exactly the same time. And like yeah. here, you have all the dads go outside, pick up their newspaper, wave at each other, like right. exactly the same mm-hmm. way every day. Yeah. Um. So I did kind of get a kick out of that part of it but i'm like oh no that's Mm -hmm. that's hell like that's (laughs) right but most of the time he doesn't he doesn't know and he does he thinks he's happy like most of the time he goes down he gets his heart torn out but then he's like okay you know um and he just goes back and does it again and it's the same day every day i mean it's it's like a groundhog day kind of existence you know Um, which i imagine must wear on the soul after a while (laughs) especially because it's not just that you're living through the same day over and over and over again but like you know you're living living through the same day you can't change anything like he is the whole thing is a script and when we see gun later with the kid right he's running the exact same script you know so um yeah it's it's i think it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's really interesting and then we get Lindsay back to wolfman hart you know and he goes through this whole like lecture with angel about like you know the apocalypse you're soaking in it what did you think the gong was gonna sound jump on your horses and fight the big fight the starting pistol went off a long time ago boys like he's going through this whole like thing you know doing this whole monologue um meanwhile eve was <laughs> just about please get my boyfriend back and then he comes back and she's just like really disappointed <laughs> Yeah, it was like it's like I remember you being cuter than you are. Right, (laughs) he's like everyone's gonna die, and he smiles up at her, and he's like, even you, and she's like, Lindsay, don't. And he goes, you still happy to see me? (laughs) (laughs) And he's all snuggling on her shoulder, and she's just like, none of this is good, you know. Like Eve, how did you think that was gonna end? Like really? Yeah, you know. Um, Eve is something else. We will get to her when I get to staking. So we go to this thing where like we've been in the, this is the apocalypse. It has been going on 
right under your nose and you haven't noticed because you've been busy with everything else, you know? And I kind of like that idea that like this is already happening. Yeah. You know, this has been this has been building already, you know? Um, and so I think that that's pretty cool. And I like his whole the war is here, Angel, and you're already two soldiers down. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So um, so I like it. I, I, I mean, I like Lindsay. I've always liked Lindsay, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I like him best when he is, you know, in a beat-up truck and a flannel shirt. You know? <laughs> I like him best when he's got a guitar in his hand. But oh, yeah. that's just yeah. me. And I, I do that's just I have to shout out to Supernatural. Because, yes. like, I, I've lost track of it forever. But he was the guest star mm-hmm. on an episode. Yeah. And he yeah. sang. Yeah. Uh, and I was very happy. That was very nice. It was very yes. nice. And, you know, he yes. sang with uh, Jensen Ackles. Is that right? Jensen Ackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, is that the right actor? Yes. I'm getting my I'm getting my, <laughs> my Winchesters confused. Um, but it was, I always get them confused because Jared Padalecki plays Sam. Exactly. In me. that. No, right plays, next to Dean. But he right. was Dean in Gilmore Girls. And so I was exactly. Yes. Yeah. I get very confused um, with the names of them. But yeah, I was so happy to see them sing. And I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with yeah. the plot. But I don't care because Christian Kane is on stage with right. a guitar. Um <laughs> So it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, he's a lot of fun. <laughs> also, okay, how long has Mercedes McNabb been in the opening credits? Okay, so I didn't even notice it until this episode. I don't know, but I went back and watched the opening credits when I read your notes, and I was like, okay, yeah. these opening credits are freaking awesome. The yeah, Mercedes McNabb is in there, and Amy mm-hmm. Acker's in there as Fred and Illyria. Yeah. I'm like, this, this is yeah. great. Yeah. No, it's great. They just redid them. And like, I don't know when Mercedes McNabb, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's this episode. I'm thinking maybe I would have noticed before then. But if not, then obviously I'm I'm missing stuff. And of course, I clearly have access to all the episodes. I can go back and look, but I didn't bother. <laughs> How long? Um, you know, and I love I love when Angel, you know, shouts a, a, the command at Harmony and Harmony's like, okay, but you know how that never works? <laughs> Tell him not to let that guy in here. Yeah, you know how that never works? And she's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Fine. Um, so it's really, really great. We have Adam Baldwin from Firefly as Marcus Hamilton. Yes, um, we do. And like, yeah. okay, I love him and Firefly so yeah. much, so mm-hmm. much. But every time Adam Baldwin is on screen, my yeah. brain automatically sings the song about him. You know, our love for him now ain't hard to explain. The hero of Canton, <laughs> the man they call Jane. And I'm like, every time. That's all he's I can never, do. He's never not Jane. He's just he's Jane. He's never not Jane. He's always that guy. Um, but, you know, here we have him coming in, right? And he just punches right through the yeah. security guard who works at Wolfman Hart. And there's something strange about how casually we take collateral damage Mm -hmm. you know in this show like people get killed all the time and especially like at wolferman heart i mean you know angels shoot people he's beheading people like just because they work there and like i get it wolferman heart is evil but you know the security guard, like everybody who works for Wolfman Hart is just automatically evil. They don't just work for the place. It's not just a job. I mean, come on, let's face it. There are a lot of really evil corporations out there. You know, you don't go around killing the people who work at Amazon. Amazon <laughs> is totally evil. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can kill their accountants without, you know, it being a problem. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It was a bit much. 
Yeah. Well, and it was like a really violent way to kill somebody. Yeah. You know, and then he's just like, oh, yeah, here, sign this piece of paper. Yeah. To eat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's like, I just just need you to sign this piece of paper. No big deal. Yeah. I'm like, all right, you're not even going to kill Eve? No. She's like, now I'm going to die eventually. I just have to give up my immortality. I need my immortality and my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I still like, seriously, go put her, go swap good out for her. Like whatever. I know. (laughs) Put her in. Jesus. Speaking of which, I got to stake Eve. Uh I got to stake Eve because this whole freaking thing with I need my boyfriend back. And the thing is, is that. All of this stuff with Eve is made worse by the fact that this episode was written by two women. Yeah. I mean, my God, now I know women get brainwashed by the patriarchy, too. And I'm sure that I have loads of patriarchal bullshit in my books. Things I probably didn't even know when I didn't know them. But the reality just makes all of this even more depressing, you know? And, like, I don't like Eve. I've never liked Eve. But are you telling me that this liaison of the senior partners has to hide shaking in her house because they took her boyfriend she is surrounded by those symbols she can't get out a sharpie and draw them on her body she's not stupid i mean come on you know she sees the symbols all over the place just rub up against the wall and get some of that paint on you and then go out get a haircut or something i don't know so um I, I, I hate that she sits there and whines and cries like she can't figure out some way to deal with the senior partners herself. She is deeply connected to the senior partners. What the fuck does she need Lindsay for? You know, and try to tell me that Eve didn't squirrel away a bargaining chip somewhere along the line. Like, really? Really? This is what you're trying to sell us? You know, and I swear to God, when I watch this woman because like I've never liked her Mm -hmm. but she's always been strong yeah you know she's always been she was kind of like you know the poor girl's Lila I guess um and I don't expect her to be Lila Lila would never ever have been in that position she would never be like oh my boyfriend's gone and I just can't do anything because you know I'm just a girl like she would never (laughs) do that and Eve is doing this stuff, and I'm like, what are we even doing? I just want to flip a goddamn table. Like, I want to see Eve at this point come out swinging. Yeah. And instead, she's like, I don't know, my boyfriend's gone, and I'm so sad. You know, I mean, I just, I can't. Yeah. Or if she had tricked them into swapping right. gun for Lindsay, and right. then like, see a sucker, something. But the other exactly. thing is, she's like, no one knows more about the senior partners than my boyfriend, Lindsay. My boyfriend, mm-hmm. Lindsay, has been studying the senior partners for years. And I'm like, yeah. Eve is a literal child of the senior partners. How does Lindsay, yeah. and she's immortal. She's had more time. Yeah. How, yeah. how does Lindsay know more about them than she does? Like, what I the fuck? I find this all so frustrating. And I would have loved it if she was fucking with Lindsay the whole time. <laughs> like, if she was using him. <laughs> You know, then I could at least respect her. But this, yeah, I mean, this is ridiculous. And then we've got this this horrible paternalism coming from Angel where he's taking responsibility for Fred's choices. Yeah. You know, he's like, I never should have let her come here. You know, Um, 
And the thing is that when bad things happen to men, that's not the response you hear. It's just this, we must protect the women folk bullshit. It's an outdated patriarchal notion and needs to be seriously, seriously staked. And the thing is, at least Spike says, hate to break it to you, mate, but bad things happen everywhere. Besides, she wanted to be here. It was her choice. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, it absolutely was. And why does it take Spike to say that and to have some kind of, I don't know, like allow Fred at least to have her fucking agency. Yeah. I know. When Angel was like, I never should have let her come here. I was like, take mm-hmm. a seat, dude. Take many exactly. seats. Like, oh my God. what the actual fuck? And I mean, come here. Does he m- mean Wolfram and Hart? Or does he mean, yeah. I should have left her in Pylea? Or like. Whatever. Right. I mean, Fred or has be saved part them of all. Angel investigations. Yeah, she should, he should have sent her back with her parents. She made all of these choices, including Wolfram and Hart. They all made that choice, right? You know, so um, and she could have left at any time, and she didn't. She didn't want to. This is what she wanted to do. So, and the thing is, is that like here we have Gun, and in you know an episode where we have Gun making a choice, and we allow him that choice because he's a man, you know. Yeah. But because Fred died, like I never should have. I mean, I don't think he said that about Doyle when Doyle died, right? You know, I should have never let him do this. Like, Doyle made a choice. And what happened at the end of that choice was that he died. You know? So all of that, I find, I find this paternalism, this automatic, unquestioned paternalism, with the exception of what Spike says, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's like this automatic unquestioned thing where everybody's so responsible for Fred's choices. I mean, at least when Wesley was like, she was so curious and I hate her for it. You know, like at least he was letting her be responsible for her choice, you know. So um, so I find that kind of, uh, you know, really, really grating. Um, So in research mode, I started thinking about memories versus reality, Mm -hmm. like and what actually creates reality i mean if you remember a life that didn't happen like the rewritten history for the team or Lindsay's memories of his life with his wife and his son and his friends like isn't that experience real in a sense because you still lived it you still experienced it and you still remember it i mean we only know our lives happened because we remember the events in those lives so that experience in itself is real. So once you've got an alternate reality that you're living in, like what makes that not real? Like once Lindsay remembered who he really was, did his love for his wife and his child just evaporate? Was that not real? So, I mean, when you start like, like pulling at the threads of the fabric of reality, it gets a little weird, but I'm like, you know, your memories are your experiences. And if you remember a life and an existence. You know, when we brought brought Dawn mm-hmm. into Buffy, right? All of that wasn't real. Yeah. You know, all of those memories that Buffy had of growing up with Dawn, they weren't real. But they were real. Right. You know, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's all it's all kind of weird. It is weird. And it 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 makes me think a lot about just the power of story in general. Mm-hmm. Because like we mm-hmm. know when you when you're reading something, your yeah. brain engages emotionally, and you have an experience, like a uh-huh. real emotional experience. And the brain, I don't know if we can always tell what's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had nightmares that feel very real, like yeah, 
traumatized from things that my brain made up while I was asleep. Yeah. But it doesn't make it less powerful or impactful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it just depends on the believability of the alternate reality or the connections yeah. that you made in that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a really valid question in terms of memory and self. And, and they, they dig into that more in origin too. Yeah. No, we're going to get into that yeah. again. This is kind of like part one of those research yeah. questions. So we'll go ahead and leave that here for now. Um, but the other thing is like, do we care about Marcus Hamilton? Like I know, <laughs> I know that it's Adam Baldwin and, you know, he comes in and he's the new guy in a suit, you know, the new liaison. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't I don't care about this Terminator dude. No, he, he feels like a well-dressed Terminator to me. He, um, he really does. Yeah, I don't I didn't really care much about him. Um, but for for research, like I'm still trying to figure mm-hmm. out the because layers were repeated here. Yeah. The way that cavemen and astronaut were repeated, mm-hmm. you know, in a whole right. world. Mm-hmm. We have them in Wesley's dream. We get it from Eve. Even the Hell mm-hmm. Dimensions kids' homework, you know, right. has, mm-hmm. layers, has layers. The layers right. of the mm-hmm. earth, you know. And mm-hmm. at the end, when Lindsay was talking about that torture, you know, he said they only scratched the surface. It turns out the senior partners can only undo you as much as you think you deserve to be undone. Mm-hmm. So it's almost right. like he held on to those layers that were more truly himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, but even like in that kid's homework, you know, they were saying, okay, well, what's underneath that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's underneath right. a hole in the world? You right. know, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if they're reaching for something or if there's just something there that's really, really deep. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's interesting yeah. to think about. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't feel yeah. like I can come out of it with a really clear answer. You know, are there layers in an apocalypse? And like, if this one, yeah. not an apocalypse, but the apocalypse, if it already started, what was the trigger right. shot? Like, what was the firing gun? Like, what, what started it? Yeah. Yeah. We don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it uh, how how long has it been going on since before Angel was turned in your like, you know when did what is going on like in in this it's the apocalypse right it's the big one this mm-hmm. is the big one Elizabeth right you know <laughs> so what does that mean like we've had all these little mini apocalypses so this is like a whole world apocalypse as opposed to a local town apocalypse like the various Sunnydale apocalypses you know <laughs> um yeah I don't know like it's just it's I you know like there's this whole big speech from Lindsay but what it actually means like there's no specifics there and I mean, I love the words. I love the way he expresses it. I love, but it's like, okay, so tell us something then. Right. You know, tell us something. What is actually happening? Like, you know, um, so I find it, it's it's interesting. There are a lot of questions. I love this whole thing you've pulled out with all the layers because there are. We are talking about a lot of layers, you know, in this episode, um, and it's it's something that is um, is repeating over and over and over again. And so clearly that means something. Mm-hmm. And we're looking about underneath, you know, that everything is happening underneath, but we're so distracted by what's above that we're not paying attention to what's underneath. Under underneath where exactly? Like in the in the basement with the light bulbs? <laughs> like is that? 
where the apocalypse is happening. Like, yeah. So I don't know. It feels like it's it's interesting conceptually, mm-hmm. but there aren't enough specifics to really make it stick. It doesn't it doesn't stick the landing. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it feels to me, too. And I'm like, and that conceptual problem is what I want to chew on. But I'm Uh like, but I need more. Like, what else is going on? You got to give me something to work with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. All right. And on that, I'm going to brood. Underneath is a solid episode with some fantastic writing. It's not a made specifically to delight me episode, but it's pretty damn good. And I wish it didn't have some of the shittier elements, but it is nice to have Lindsay back. And it's good to see this last part of the series kind of get ramping up. And on that note, we're going to move on to talk about origin. In origin, Wesley's grief over losing Fred is overwhelming, and Gunn is still trapped in the suburban hell dimension. Angel decides they need to test Illyria's powers and gives that job to Spike, ordering Wesley to focus on other cases. But when a new case brings Connor and his post-reality shifting spell parents to Wolfram and Hart, Angel tells Wesley they need to focus on other things. Wesley disagrees, starts looking into Connor's case on his own, and learns that a powerful demon named Sivis Vale worked a massive spell the day Angel and team took over Wolfram and Hart. Meanwhile, Angel shows up in time to save Connor from a demon attack, and then goes to Vale to find out what he wants with Connor. Turns out, Vale wants Sajan, that old demon in a jar who sent (laughs) Connor to Cortal dead, and a prophecy says Connor is the only person who can kill him. Angel explains the situation to Connor, sort of. Connor is special, like a superhero, and if he kills Sajan, Vale will leave Connor and his family alone. Angel just leaves out the part about being Connor's father and Connor's (laughs) history with Sajan, but Angel can't protect Connor from those memories any more than he can fight Sajan for Connor. As Connor faces Sajan and is getting his ass kicked, Wesley arrives and accuses Angel of sacrificing Fred to save his son. Angel asks Wesley to trust him, but Wesley can't, and Wesley breaks the spell, releasing all of their memories. This empowers Connor, who was close to dying at Sajan's hands, and Connor kills Sajan. Connor manages to stay calm about everything and chooses to go back to his new parents, but tells Angel that he learns the importance of protecting his family from his father, and Wesley must now face the memories that have been restored. Origin aired on April 21st, 2004. It was directed by Terrence O'Hara and written by Drew Goddard. All right, Dr. Jones, on the perfect happiness scale with Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six, where are you with Origin? Uh, I gave this a five. Um, uh-huh. I, I might give it a six just for Spike's clipboard, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it's pretty great. It's, it's pretty, pretty great. great. Uh, but I really like this episode, um, especially yeah. Wesley, Spike, and Illyria. But Connor mm-hmm. was good, and I and I really yeah. appreciate the closure for the Connor storyline. So yeah, it was a yeah. really good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was really good. I gave it a five. Um, this episode made me like Connor. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> I mean, there's some gross stuff with him and Illyria that, you know, I had to take a dock a point for that because that was just gross. Um, but I love the overall closure of this just terrible, terrible storyline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But th- and they, they managed to do a lot with it. Um, yeah. 
And when I'm looking over like moments of perfect happiness, I realize a whole lot of this is because of Illyria. And like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I hate the way Fred died, but. God, mm-hmm. Illyria is is just Illyria is so great. She's so I know. great, and this and getting to see Amy Acker yeah. work that character. Like I forget sometimes that it's the same actress. Yes, yes. Like it's insane how good she is. It's like when I watch Orphan Black and I forget yeah. that's all exactly. the same. Actress. That it's all the same actress yes. playing all of those roles because she's so incredibly it's... good. Tatiana Maslany, yes. Orphan Black. Everybody needs to watch that. It's so, so good. good. It's so yeah. good. But yeah. but there are just no words for how much it moves me watching Wesley watching Illyria in oh, Fred's lap. God. Oh, you know, God. and he's just standing there like a devastated pool of grief. Yeah, You know, and he's so exhausted and he's so sad and he's going more than just a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But he has yeah. this sense of duty and this intensity and also this scholarship. Like he's yeah. teaching her and observing her. And his arc is just a thing of poetic it beauty. It is unbelievable. You know, yeah. his mm-hmm. capacity for love runs as deep as his capacity for darkness. And the yep. writing and the performance mm-hmm. are both equally incredible. Yeah, it's just so fucking good. And so he's just standing there, you know, watching Illyria in Fred's space. Mm-hmm. An angel comes up and he says, she's either counting oxygen molecules or analyzing the Petri dish she just put into her mouth or sleeping. <laughs> I can never quite tell. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's it's so like Wesley is sliding into madness yeah you know we're seeing this happen he is cracking at all the corners um and it's kind of it's just an amazing thing to watch like it's so heartbreaking but it's so so good it's so good and i love what even down to his hair like his hair is the perfect visual representation of of yeah how crazy he's going and right you know an angel tries to tell him you know you don't have to do all this yourself and Wes says who else is there like really you know Mm -hmm. um but an angel i think tries to to kind of pull Wes back on track Mm -hmm. you know he says fred's dead you're still alive start acting like it right and then of course you know Wes tries to take a case that Angel refuses to take. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> but there's so much great stuff with Illyria mm-hmm. and Spike and Illyria and yeah. Wes. And mm-hmm. Wesley tells Angel, you know, testing her might be hard without getting someone seriously hurt. And Angel says, <laughs> we'll make Spike do it. <laughs> and Wesley's like, good. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Illyria and Spike. I love her. And I mean, once again, we're showing how strong somebody is by how much they can beat the shit out of Spike. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, which, which to me does get a little old after a while yeah. you know um but you know it's god watching them fight he's taking notes stop hitting me in the face <laughs> but, but so... when i hit you in the face you have to tell me how it feels <laughs> so i can write it down on my <laughs> clipboard and he's on like clipboard rule three no touching my clipboard and <laughs> oh my god <laughs> spike <laughs> <laughs> with a research clipboard is even more yeah. my favorite favorite than Spike with a briefcase. I, like, it's honestly some of the best stuff. I just adore it. It's, it's so, so good. It's so good. Yeah. And when Wesley mm-hmm. comes in the lab, you know, Illyria says, you reek of frustration. And Spike says, actually, love, we call that scotch. I know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he names the scotch. Yes, he's got it, Dale. He knows the label by scent. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. You know, Spike and Wesley are kind of talking about their frustration with Angel, and Illyria's mad that they're being insolent. And Wes mm-hmm. says, we're not being insolent, Illyria. And Spike says, I am. And I just <laughs> love this dynamic so it's much. It's so great. But, yeah. but one of my favorite lines, I mean, ever is Illyria. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'd like to keep Spike as a pet. I know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I know what Illyria has in mind. Right? But she's just so, you know, like, yeah. this is amusing. And I'm going to yeah. keep beating him up. It's it's so mm-hmm. damn funny. But yeah. I really appreciate how seriously Spike is taking it. Like, he is really trying yeah. to take notes. and He's, he's doing the work, He's man. trying to yeah. do his observation field yeah. notes, and it's just great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I had to put Connor, like, in the, the moments of perfect happiness. In the moments of perfect happiness. How, what kind of weird upside-down world is this? Right? It's so crazy. Connor's great Connor's in this episode. so good. And, like, he showing up with his parents at Wolfram and Hart is a good mm-hmm. twist. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets mm-hmm. hit by a van, but he's fine. And so they yeah. come in to see, you know, what's going on. And when he walks in the lobby and his dad is standing oh behind God. Angel and he yells, hey, dad. And that and look turns. on Angel's face. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Know. You know, and but Angel wants to get them out of there. You know, he mm-hmm. says to Wes, we know what this place does to good people. Yeah. But Angel's deal with Wolfram and Hart is just as unstable as guns and the center cannot mm-hmm. hold. Yeah. Um, but Angel, you know, when he saves Connor, uh, which I don't know how he managed to show up just in time in the middle of the street when Connor right. and his parents were attacked, but whatever, yeah. maybe he's smelling mm. him again. I don't know. Yeah, I um, but his happiness over Connor saying that he's awesome, mm-hmm. it's like, it just breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, and then Connor asks Angel, you know, he says, is that what I am? Some kind of demon. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems perfectly willing to accept it, you know, yeah. if, if that's the yeah. case. Um, yeah. And then this was so funny to me, maybe because I spent a lot of time reading these books when I was younger. Right. But when Connor's asking him about being a vampire, he's like, do you spend all your time making out with other vampires like in Anne Rice novels? <laughs> Angel's like, no. Well, I mean, I used to. Right. <laughs> so damn funny. It was so funny. Yeah. And then, you know, the position that this puts Angel in when Vale says, you know, I turned your son into a healthy boy and now I need you Mm -hmm. to turn him back into a killer. Right. Was Mm -hmm. just like, God, you know, how how many times, like how many ways can you break Angel's heart? Mm -hmm. And this was also the first episode where Connor looked like Angel to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the actor's facial expressions were so different as this Mm -hmm. Connor. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. he actually looked like him. Um, And I liked him saying, I'm not a bully. I liked him taking the lead with Vale. Um, Yeah. And then his his interaction with Sajan. Well, when Sajan comes up out of that urn and he's like, in gratitude, I'll grant you three wishes. All I could hear was the voice from Aladdin. You know, 300 right. years will give you such a crack in the neck. It was so damn funny to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and then Connor's face, like when the memories are released, 
Oh my you, God. You're like, oh yeah, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. But then after he kills Saljan, you know, he asked Angel, can we get out of here? I'd like to go back. Yeah. This whole fighting thing, I'm really not sure it's for me. And right. he didn't have like a big major meltdown. Like he, yeah, he took like he ordinarily would. Yeah. Right? And, and so mm-hmm. his reaction really felt like an intentional choice to me. Like yeah. he saw two lives. And he chose the one he wants, and he seems to appreciate right. what Angel did for him. Mm-hmm. And when Angel says, you know, we still haven't found Vale, Connor says, I'm not too worried about him. There's nothing he can show me that I haven't already seen. Right. I've got to go back to my life now. I've got to take care of my parents. You have to do what you can to protect your family. I learned that from my father. And like oh. that, yeah. oh, God, like. That moment kills. It just does. Because there's mm-hmm. so much he's saying without saying right. much at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and I was, part of me was wondering like, okay, like, is he too well adjusted? Like, how is he really this great? Well, I didn't even, I wasn't sure he got his memories back. I mean, clearly he did. Yeah, he did. You know, but like, I wasn't entirely certain because I was like, okay, like, this is just a really weird Connor, like, because everything he says can be read in both ways. Yeah. You know? Yep. So, yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, it, it was, was really, weird. really weird. Um, mm-hmm. But no, he got it. It was just like he was yeah. making a choice of like, no, I'm going back. Like, Right. But now that the spell has been broken, do his parents know that they're not his parents? I don't know. Like, that seems to me like a question that you really need to answer. Yeah. Yeah, were, you know? were they yeah. their memories undone too? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, Saljan like, did say you had to be in close proximity okay. to the person. Because I was wondering, did it hit Gunt? You know, yeah. down there in that hell yeah. dimension. Does he know? Does yeah. Lore? Well, he doesn't remember anything. I right. Mean, he's, yeah, he's that's all true. gone. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit there's a there's a lot of weirdness in there but i really kind of like it yeah i do too i like the way it was done and and i love this ending with wes and angel you know wes Mm -hmm. is is standing there holding that spell in his hand and he says you changed the world you sold us out to wolfram and hart and then illyria Mm -hmm. is like backing him up you know he doesn't follow you any longer Right, is on his side. I kind of liked it, you know. Yeah, but Wesley, you know, once again is so certain that he has figured Mm -hmm. things out. You know, did you trade her? Did you trade her for your son? Was Fred the price? Right. And Angel says, "Please, Mm -hmm. you have to trust me." And Wesley says, "I can't." And then he gets these memories. Mm -hmm. So I went back and watched that flashback a couple of times because they speed up so fast. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that was in Wesley's point of view. Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you get, you know, his throat being cut and him in the hospital and him taking Connor. Right. But there's also a yeah. split second with Lila. But mm-hmm. it's the Lila when Lila was pretending to be Fred. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just, I thought that was just so well done. Um, oh, God, yeah. You know, because now he has to to go back and face all of that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I was wondering if Gunn was getting this too. Like if he took the necklace off, would he get it? But I mm-hmm. love, as much as I hate seeing Gunn in that hell dimension, um, mm-hmm. I love that he turns down the offer from Wolfram and Hart without even hearing it. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I'm dying yep. to know, like, what did Marcus want from him? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and Marcus is tearing him down. You know, there's not mm-hmm. much activity on the rescue gun front. 
And and right. Gun just ignores him and says, "Come on, mm-hmm. Sparky, let's go. This heart ain't gonna cut itself out." And I'm like, "Oh, oh my Gun, oh my god!" You know, it's just it was it was really really good. Um, yeah. And the Orlin window spell was very very cool. I just really liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I didn't mm-hmm. have like a whole lot to stake. Um, mm-hmm. But I, you know, the whole memory spell thing, like. Wes still didn't connect the name Connor, even though he's now heard it in several contexts with Angel acting really weird. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, maybe that was enough to trigger him to start digging, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but I don't know. the thing that just got me was, why does Vale need Sajan dead now? Like, he said- After all this after time. After all this time. And plus, like, dude looks like he's dying. Right. So, you know, I need finality to my affairs, and this guy likes to kill me, but but why now? Like, why now? Well, he's in an urn. Right. You know, but I mean, the thing is, the prophecy was that Connor was going to kill Sajan. Right. And so we had to, like, wrap up that that prophecy bow, I guess. I guess. And so motivating Vale... I think like we they they could have motivated him a little better. Yeah, I, I just I needed something to say why this mm-hmm. has to be yeah. now. Like Right, right, right. Something. I don't know. Um and then I need to stake the ever loving hell out of the patriarchal bullshit with Marcus cuz uh-huh. when he comes in and Angel starts yelling at him, you know, Marcus is like, "Look, I'm not a little girl and you and I won't be making love on this couch anytime soon. Now with that in mind, can I help you? And I was like, fuck you. Oh my God. Not a right. little girl. Oh, I'm sorry. They had to give this job to someone with a penis so they could come down and do it right. And like, <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe Angel wants to have yeah. sex with you on that couch. Like, whatever. I don't know. Maybe he does. Oh, yes. It made me so fucking mad. Like, yeah. I'm not a girl, so you're not going to seduce me. So we're going to do this mm-hmm. business, right? I was like, fuck exactly. you. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm still pissed about it. Yeah, it was just annoying. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, Connor's attraction to Illyria and the whole, I'm just oh, drawn God. to older women. No. They were supposed to fix that. That like, whole thing was so gross. And she's like, this one lusts after me. And I'm like, oh, could we not please yeah you know yeah like let's uh, just like let's just pretend that all didn't happen right yeah. not make these gross jokes about him sleeping with his mother yeah yeah, yeah it was just no. bad and mm-hmm. the other thing was okay so angel's trying to prep connor for this battle mm-hmm. and the kid doesn't even know how to like pick up a battle axe right so he gets a five minute tutorial that basically says move fast and don't talk to him and that's it yeah that yeah. that's it like yeah that's the instruction before this mm-hmm. fight with a demon who almost killed angel like yeah what yeah i i i don't know man i don't know i don't know yeah i'm like well okay 12 15 we tell you you have a destiny 12 30 we give you some practice <laughs> holding the swords 12 45 we're just and gonna Connor's- throw you in there so chill about so i'm a demon yeah like he's so freaking chill about everything and it's not that i don't like this connor i much much prefer this connor um but all of it is so chill and then at the end he gets his memories back and it's like none of that has any effect on him like he's still not that kid i don't know all of it seems weird yeah it was just kind of odd um yeah but mostly i did like connor 
Like, I'm just... Mm-hmm. Okay. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. I loved him compared to how I felt about him every time he's been oh. on screen previously. Yeah. 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 No kidding. Yeah. Um, but then for research mode, like, I was trying to articulate a queer... Uh, <laughs> a queer. <laughs> ah. I was trying to articulate a clear research question about mm-hmm. memory. Because, right. you know, this is one more thing they're hitting really hard. And Illyria tells Wesley, you know, you are a summation of recollections. Every change yeah. is simply a point of experience. And Wesley mm-hmm. says, we're more than just memories. And Illyria says, and yet Fred changed the minute her memory did. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, how did she change? Like, yeah. she changed as a person? Right. You know, or I guess that would be true, depending on how they rewrote part of, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. But hmm and, you know, and then when they get the memories back, Illyria says, are these the memories you needed back? Does this now make you Wesley? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. The, and, and what does that mean for all of them? Because Angel's had these memories the whole time, and he's the one who's the most off kilter at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I feel like they're they're putting up these hugely intriguing complicated concepts Mm -hmm. but then we're not diving into them yeah yeah i mean it is like it is a really interesting philosophical question and angel has always like really hit the philosophy so nicely yeah you know and yeah it's it's like one of these things like they you know they say these things you know they put the stuff out there but then they don't really talk about it and try to figure it out. You know, I mean, she says that Fred changed the moment her memories did. Right. You know, um, and that's interesting. Yeah. And then, like how how our memories change us. Like what is reality? Right. If not what we remember. Right. And what what we think, believe we have experienced, because, mm-hmm. you know, then Wesley says, try to push reality out of your mind. Focus on yeah. the other memories. They were created for a reason. Mm-hmm. And Illyria yeah. says mm-hmm. to hide from the truth. And Wes says to endure it. But oh, I'm like, God. honestly, couldn't mm-hmm. they only have changed Connor's memory? Like, why does it have to be everyone? Everybody's memory. Right. You know, because like, it's not like anybody's going to go after, after Connor. Right. If, if Angel said... Happy, yeah, we gave Connor a yeah. new life and a new memory. Like, why did he have to rewrite everyone? Yeah, no, that's right. And it seems to me like the more memories you fuck with, the more uh, the more it's going to have a butterfly effect on everything else. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if these, if this altering of reality had done something with the fabric of reality or something like that. I mean, that would have been interesting. I know we have the prophecy that Connor has to kill Sajong, but I mean, rather than having Connor, like, you know, because it says that Connor is, has to kill Sajong, then we're going to have Connor kill Sajong, you know? Um, It's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. But even for all that, it was still a really good episode. It was a really, yeah. really good episode. Yeah. It was a really good episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I did too. I thought it was great. So on that Albert, origin is a watcher because A, it's a damn good episode. And B, Connor's storyline is wrapped up and the memory spell is finally undone, we think, at least for Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> for the moment. For, yeah. for now. A gun is still trapped in a hell dimension, but maybe now Angel will be able to focus on bringing him home. All right. So Dr. Jones, what is making you still thirsty this week? Oh my God, Spike. In research mode, 
with Illyria and Clipboard. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know that's if I'm good. delighted or like incredibly turned on. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You can be both. Yeah. You don't have to choose just one. Correct. That's true. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, all right. So what's your favorite part? Oh, Illyria. Wesley and Illyria and Spike and Illyria. I just love yeah, it. That's some yeah, that's good stuff. What about you? Good stuff. I know. For me too, Wesley and Illyria working through that grief. Yeah. I just, I freaking love it. I think it's fantastic. All right. To join in this discussion on Twitter, follow me at Lonnie Diane Rich and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. Still Dead and Everything Chipperish Media Produces is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to keep Spike as our pet. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by the Chipperish Media Producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Dead is coming to you free and ad-free right now, so thank you to our December producers. Shelly, Abigail, Kristen, Noel, Jonathan, Alyssa, Alice, Erica, Sarah, Kevin, and Heather. And this week's special message for our power producers, try to push reality out of your mind. Focus on the other memories. They were created for a reason. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out how you too can become a Still Dead producer. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or get trapped on a roof in this time, in this place with an unstable human who drinks too much whiskey and called you a smurf. (laughs) We will be back next time with two more season five watchers, episodes 19 and 20, Time Bomb and The Girl in Question. Until then, I got to tell you, kid, you're making a pretty good case for the concept of free will. (laughs) 